Welcome to the Blockchain Hustle, where I take a look at some interesting plays of how blockchain technology is opening up new business vistas across multiple industries. Hi everyone, this is your host Meenu Sareen with the 12th episode of the Blockchain in Public Sector series. This is a continuation from the last episode in which I spoke about blockchain as an anti-corruption instrument. I covered on the identity management, the assets registry, tracking of the transactions, and then the elections of voting as corruption subjects in the last episode. Now, continuing on the same topic, I will now touch on another corruption subject, which is the government procurements. So here goes. Now, when I use the word government procurements, when I talk about government procurements, something which immediately comes to my mind are the complex and the opaque tendering processes, a multitude of stakeholders, and the collusion between businesses and the public officials. Now, government procurements have long been a corruption breeding ground. Public contracting has been uh, getting digitalized and transparent with the e-procurements, the electronic procurements. And blockchain pitches in here by injecting the layer of immutability, traceability, and auditability. And uh, smart contracts, in addition, they provide the much-needed booster with their autonomous execution, the automatic, uh, automated way in which they fulfill the underlying program conditions. Now, there are other ways, too, by which the blockchain facilitates the government procurements. One of them is digital trust. Digital trust underpins every digital interaction. Are you who you claim to be? How can I be sure that you will behave in the expected manner? The fiduciary review of the procurement transactions and the contract management, they kind of translate to very, very long and tedious reviews of the procurement documents. The bitter qualifications, they often rely on the trust verification. And blockchain provides a digital trust. And that too without the multiple touch points. And when you reduce those touch points, you're reducing the number of intermediaries, you're removing the opportunities of bribery and corruption. Now, to become a government supplier, it's necessary to provide a guarantee. Blockchain-based guarantees would uh, reduce the need for the collateral checks on its suppliers, and it would also streamline the government's procurement process. And by doing thus, it removes arbitrary or biased decisions. Now, earlier on, I spoke about the e-procurement systems, the electronic procurement systems, the digitalizing of the procurement process. In one of the World Economic Forum articles, it was mentioned that a big issue which is faced while supporting the World Bank finance projects in some of its client countries is the non-support of the bid securities by their e-procurement systems, by the different client countries' electronic procurement systems. Now, a bid security is a financial instrument to ensure the contracting authority should the winning bidder back out or does not accept the contract. And blockchain here, it can be used to provide that trust between, your, uh, between the commercial bank, the bidder, and the client country to validate the bid security in an electronic format. And as for disintermediation, for its UN entities, the United Nations Global Marketplace, it provides a 
global database of vendors for the qualification information. And the electronic procurement systems can access this database via the smart contracts to allow the validation of the credible transactions without intermediaries. Thus, it reduces your uh, discretionary misuse and bribery. In fact, there is a detailed report uh, called, uh, the title is uh, Development of a Global E-Government Procurement System, Architecture, sorry, Using Blockchain Technology, and it is written by Dr. Soma Sundaram and S.M. Hassan. And it was prepared for the Asian Development Bank, ADB. I cite here the five key areas from that report, which show potential for the advancement in the government procurement systems. And these are, the first one is the data level interoperability requirements. We do see interoperability requirements uh, in quite a few places. So data level interoperability requirements. The large economies, they have got multiple EGP systems, the electronic global procurement systems in operation. And most of these multiple systems they work in silos, making them interoperable, at least at the data level it would provide significant gains. Deduplicated supplier database. Now, while several countries have developed a national database, there is no reliable mechanism to deduplicate and uh, distinctly identify the suppliers across all the EGP systems worldwide, something which would be good to have in a globalized economy. An online repository of the work experience certificates how do I get to know what is the uh, track record of the different bidders who are submitting their uh, applications? So this is for the bidders to submit. Again, it is not just within their countries, but across the region or globally. Then a real-time view of the contract spending completion. This is something which the purchasing agencies require, a facility which they can pull in real-time, a bidder's contract information from the multiple EGP systems. And the last one here is the electronic performance bank guarantee submission in a distributed EGP system environment. Now, all these help towards strengthening the underlying system over which blockchain can then further add its own layer with the functions to address corruption. Now, in my opinion, a piecemeal approach, and that too, most often, which is ad hoc, a piecemeal approach of using blockchain across the various applications of corruption subjects, some of which were cited above, like uh, your asset registry, voting, procurement, transaction tracking, etc. A piecemeal approach will not work, at least not to the full potential of the blockchain. What is needed is a blockchain backbone comprising of certain basic and fundamental modules of key functions. And then we build applications over it to serve on the end use and on the objective basis. Let me give you a few examples of such uh, backbone infrastructure modules, the basic ones that we need to have. Identity management. Go for a secure and a universal legal identity. Now, while a basic version of this can be to help authenticate one's identity, and this would be especially for your uh, accessing your e-government services. An extension of this could be for could be a self-sovereign identity, making it self-reliant with giving citizens the control and the ownership of their personal data. 
selective disclosure of specific information to specific entities. And a good example here is one on the decentralized identity from Zug in Switzerland. In fact, I had shared specifics on this in an earlier episode, the fifth one in the series. The next one I want to put out here is do away with the asymmetry of information. First, have records with single source of truth. Now, while the record integrity can be trusted within a blockchain, the data may not, and especially for the first entries. And note that the reliability of the records which are stored on the blockchain, they depend on the origin. So do yourself a favor and uh, go to go for a disputes-free single source of truth and gatekeepers who need to guarantee the veracity of the data which is entered onto the record. And secondly, go for a permissioned shared unified database with encrypted information. One which is based on a consensus mechanism amongst your trusted parties or gatekeepers, whatever name you want to call them as, who would certify the information and validate transactions. Get rid of your silos, but not without the adequate checks and measures. An example here is the global database of vendors by the UN Global Marketplace, the one I cited earlier. Now, several countries, they have got multiple e-procurement systems, and these may not be shared by all the government agencies. So if we can somehow get the supplier profiles, the contract records, the work certificates, etc., synchronized and shared across the multiple authorized entities in a very secure and a permission mode, and efficiently, it can not only lead to considerable gains both in money and time, but it would also help towards weeding out the bad elements and thus the discretionary misuse and bribery. And then another one is to digitalize your workflows and along with it, develop a library of smart contract templates to go along with it. And uh, a couple of examples of such smart contract templates is uh, one for automating the bid evaluations, one for legal contract payments, and so on. And then a couple of additional points. Majority of the blockchain services presently, they're self-organized communities and the regulations are still evolving. The self-governing nature of the blockchains, which is coupled with the cross-border mechanisms in reach, these do require some sort of a systematic regulation. Now, if the governments opt for the public permissionless blockchain, then it would translate to having virtually no control over their governance. So what could be the preferred blockchain platform for the public sector? As per Don Tapscott, who is a leading authority on, uh, in blockchain for the businesses and society, these would be mostly permissioned and private, overseen by a set of trusted validators or gatekeepers, and distribute it. And lastly, I would like to add that while tech can play a big role to combat corruption, it can go only as far. It does not dilute the importance of the legal and the institutional actions that address the gaps. We need to have strong underlying systems. So fix any broken legacy systems first and then deploy blockchain to strengthen and secure them. We need to keep this in mind for such solutions, whether these solutions are blockchain enabled or not. And perhaps this would go towards answering the question, 
how do you solve a problem like corruption thank you for the listen and i do hope to see you in the next episode cheers you've been listening to the blockchain hustle did you enjoy this podcast if so please do leave a short review like it share it download it subscribe to it what should i talk about next please do let me know your suggestions by writing to me at meenu at vlsiconsultancy.com or through any of the other contact channels as shared in the episode notes. Thank you.